Welcome in all new Wednesday live chat for this week's Scottish Open. Maybe we'll talk a little bit of Barbasol. It's not really up to me. It's up to you. Drop your questions, comments, and concerns. I'll go anywhere you want the next hour. It's your time. I'm going to be sharing my screen in just a few seconds. Everything you see is going to be from my website, rickrungood.com. Giant golf database dedicated to fantasy and betting. I think you should sign up for it. Really good time of year to do so. Otherwise, we're brought to you by Jock Market, Stock Market DFS. Talk about those guys in just one second. But I think that's all. Let's not waste it. Let's go. Daniel says, uh, can you do a deep dive on Keegan? That's Keegan Bradley and Terrell Hatton. Uh, sure. Let's go. Let's giddy up here. Keegan Bradley. Hot out the hot, hot off the hot out of the gates. Oh boy. Um, seventh at the US Open, gained 12 and a half strokes in the ball striking categories, followed it up with a an okay finish at the Travelers Championship T19. He hasn't missed a cut since the Valspar. Uh, the putter, like this, this is perfect, right? 0.75, gain 0.75, gain 0.71. We're not asking you to gain nine strokes with the putter like you did at the Wells Fargo Championship because it's not going to happen often. That's probably his best putting performance ever. But you just can't lose three, four, five, or six. So uh, you got to be fairly optimistic that if he can continue to putt like he has over his last five, uh, that Keegan's going to find his way relatively in the mix. Absolutely stacked field, but that would be like a top 25 for Keegan Bradley. Terrell Hatton on the other side of things. Let's see. Uh, misses the cut at the Irish Open. Finishes 56th at the U.S. Open. Misses the cut at the RBC Canadian. Those are his last three starts. We don't have his European Tour data, but he's hemorrhaged strokes in the ball striking categories. That's a little bit concerning. I would be probably more bullish on Keegan Bradley uh, than Terrell Hatton. Joseph has hacked to the chat. So he's he's uh, given a super chat, which is um, always appreciated, never required. And he just goes right to the point. <laughs> Says, uh, what's your betting card for the Scottish and the Open Championship? Uh, JT Poston was a huge call. Appreciate everything that you do. So I do not have any Open Championship bets yet. So there's a chance that I would bet Jordan Spieth or Patrick Cantlay or somebody in the upper 20s or mid 30s that if they win this event are going to get drastically shorter. Uh, I have not pulled the trigger on that. I will probably just take my chances that those guys don't go back to back. So uh, my Scottish Open betting card with the caveat of uh, this is how I spent my money. Go spend your money any way that you want. Xander at 21. Cam Smith at 25. Victor Hovland at 36, Max Homa at 60, Billy Horschel at 75. Those are the five wagers that I've made. Thanks for the super chat. Best uh, Two best DFS plays under $6,500. All right, let's go to the cheat sheet. Let's find $6,500. I can't imagine there's a ton of guys I'm super stoked about, but let's see what we have here. Um, Adrian Otegi is interesting. There, so he's one of these guys that won the stay, uh, the live golf guys who are now able to play the Scottish open. Um, let's, let's look at his results here because, oh boy, I don't even know if I have him. Here we go. So he finishes 21st in live Portland. He finished sixth in live London and he finished 58th at the BMW international in between. He's got a bunch of okay DP world tour results. Um, he is going out very, very early. In fact, I think they just like, we're like, Oh, you want to play this event and come in late. We're just going to give you the first tee time. He has the very first tee time of the day. I'll get to the potential wind and potential weather in a second. Um, going out early is probably a little bit better. Guido Migliozzi would be the other one, uh, $6,300. Th those two would certainly catch my attention. I'll just do the wind thing right now with the caveat that uh, this is probably going to change. Also, remember, this thing starts in 11 hours. If you're watching this live, it starts in 11 hours. If you're not watching this live, it starts sooner. Um, it's going to start at like 2.15 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday morning. So overnight from Wednesday into Thursday. So make sure you get your stuff in. This is, um, from what I understand from my friends across the pond, the most accurate of websites to be able to do this. You look at Thursday's forecast from 6 a.m. until... We'll call it 
well, let's call it like 5 p.m. Um, it's fairly similar. That 10, now we'll call it like 4 p.m. That 10 to 11 mile an hour winds with gusts up to 17. After that, it gets a little bit windier on Thursday afternoon. 18 to 21 miles an hour gusts uh, higher than that. That's that's a that's a difference, right? Now, with the way tea times are set up, this is probably only going to impact guys that are going off at like 2 o'clock or later. And also, it'll just impact like the final nine. So if you're willing to say, hey, I think there might be a little bit of an advantage. I think if you ask me right now, the guys that are going to be done by the time two o'clock rolls around are going to be a little bit better here. Um, any word if your boy Hovland got his closer clubs yet? Also, what happens if a club if his clubs don't make it? So yeah, so I knew yesterday something was up when Victor was uh, sending Instagram stories from like tourist spots. And I was like, well, that's, you should be on the golf course right now. So his clubs were in Frankfurt. Um they were optimistic they were going to get them today, but Ping was making him a, another set anyway. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. He's going to have his specs of clubs, uh, and then they'll just, you know, if he if he doesn't get his bag, he'll just wear whatever. How many golfers should I play in a twenty max? Uh, it's entirely up to you. Uh, the the less golfers, the more uh, risk you're going to take on. I like sixteen to twenty, sixteen to twenty four, fourteen to twenty, something like that. I like to keep it pretty tight, but it's entirely up to you. Eric says, I'm five out of 100 in my one and done, and I've got Morikawa, Smith, Hovland, and Zowell Taurus left in the top 15 guys. How would you recommend deploying them given that the Open Championship is on deck? All right, well, you're in a great spot, so you don't have to do anything super crazy here. I would probably just go with um, either Zowell Taurus or Morikawa this week and the other next week, uh, whether that is Morikawa to defend next week or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with either option. Um, Smith and Hovland, because you are playing from out in front, I would probably prefer to see a little bit of form from those guys before I deploy them. Now you're going to get an opportunity in the playoffs, right? The first two legs of the playoffs or whatever, where those guys are going to be likely great options and you'll know more about them. So again, Morikawa or Zalatoris this week and the other one next week. Good luck. Will DK ever make it an option? If your player WDs before teeing off that you get auto sub by a certain player, Jason Day burned me last week before it even started. Uh, I doubt you are going to get this. It is a couple of aspects. One, um, I believe there is a legality around this. The, the, the individual sports are treated, the individual athlete sports are treated differently than team sports. So you don't have to, you don't have to respond and say, oh, but Rick, baseball games lock at first pitch. I get it. They're different. It's why UFC those slates lock all together, not when the fight time is. Um, the other thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to run into a lot of other issues where um, what's the solution? You auto swap for a guy for his alternate. Well, that's not going to be fair because the alternate wasn't available to everyone else who made lineups. Uh, you're also going to run into a situation where like, I, I don't know, like, what are you going to do? The other thing is, I don't think it happens enough for DraftKings to care. DraftKings would have to drastically change the software to, to do this. Why would they invest the time, money, energy uh, into redoing the software when, yeah, some people are going to be upset some weeks. I don't think they think it's that big of a deal. How much of a concern is it that young guys have little to no history on link style courses, talking Mito, uh, Neiman, Cam, do these guys struggle when they first play link style? So every guy's going to be different. The other thing to note is that this is, I guess, in theory, technically a link style golf course, but it might not necessarily require you to play like one. The Renaissance Club is only going to have, I think, four holes that are on the water, and it's not going to necessarily require you to play on the ground. These guys could play a hair more of an American style of golf, even though they are not necessarily American, right? I mean, these guys like Mito Pereira, who else did you mention? Um, Joaquin Neiman, like play all over the world, right? So I, I would not be too concerned about that. Uh, DFS Chef says, smash the like button, always appreciated. If you had to play someone at $6,100 or less, boy, we are really in it, aren't we? Um, I would probably play Andrew Novak, a guy who um, is going to who resides on a tour, the PGA tour, which is always going to have better fields or for the most part than their DP world tour counterparts coming off a third, a 46th, a miscut and a 64th. He's made four of his last five. He had a 15th place finish back at the Mexico open. If I was required to, it would be uh, Novak. 
Hey, Rick, any thoughts on live players in the field? One would assume they'd be low owned and some like Otegi have decent form and history here. Yeah, already discussed um, Otegi. That's fine. I mean, Brandon Grace is coming off of a victory. Uh, his game has to feel fairly sharp. Does he have that kind of last week's winner hangover in him? I don't know, but I think you're right. I think in general, the live guys are going to be a little bit more under owned than they should be. Seb Max says, which duo is a better play? Fox and someone around 7,700 or Moronk and someone around 8,500. Um, I, I think it's Fox. There's a, it's a, it's bizarre. I think that, uh, the, the amount of respect that Fox has gotten this week is jarring. Even from Monday morning, him being, you know, 40 to one with like Hideki and Joaquin Neiman and Max Homa was jarring. I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Um, the other thing is, I so I have been projected right now at 17%. I would bet he comes in lower than that. I, I just think that people are going to look at that and say, Victor's here, Spieth is here, Sungjae's here, Tommy's here, guys that I know a little bit better than Ryan Fox. I don't think they'll get there. The other thing is, like, if you look at my cheat sheet, and this is something that I probably need to improve, I don't even show I don't even show his European tour results on here. So even if you have people who are doing a little bit of research, um, they might not necessarily be getting to Ryan Fox as often. I, I think he might be more popular in our circles, but in a larger general circle of of casual players, I don't think many of them get to Ryan Fox. Eight straight top eight finishes on the DP World Tour. If you go to his golfer profile, you'll see that. How much should, I, should we be looking at DP World Tour regulars like Dietrich, Molinari, Zanotti? Arnis, he goes on and on and on. Um, yeah, so I this is the perfect week for me uh, personally to use the the weighted strokes gained metrics. So the the weighted uh, strokes gained metrics uh, take into account strength of field and a variety of other factors, and they are able to better le level the playing field of if you gain two strokes at the Dutch Open, is that better or worse than gaining two strokes at the Travelers Championship? Something like that. So it levels the playing field a little bit. You'll notice that. Um, it really starts to hurt a lot of the um, of the European tour guys. So if we do last 24 rounds for everybody, I'm just going to kind of scroll through and see if I can find like the first guy who really resides on the DP World Tour. It would be Ryan Fox, 33rd. Um, that would be right in between Matthew Neesmith and Patrick Rogers, actually better than Victor Hovland. Uh, Adrian Moronk would be 39th, right behind Gary Woodland. Audrey Arnis would be 44th, right behind Siwoo Kim. Eduardo would be 49th. Guido would be 50th. So Catlin would be 51st. So I would use the, um, absolutely use the weighted strokes gain for this. It's absolutely the perfect week for it. Mike says, I'm all in on Antoine Rosner. Your thoughts? Um, I will tell you right now, I actually, uh, I have a, 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 I think it's the $100 single entry. Uh, Rosner's in my lineup. And I thought it was a fairly, uh, a fair price on a guy who has, Three top 25s in his last four starts on the DP World Tour, right? 21st at the Dutch Open, 15th at the BMW International, 13th last week at the Irish Horizon. You can see that he is gaining strokes uh, more often than, than not playing on the on the DP World Tour. So I, I got there. TJ says, Rick, can we do a, a mini dive on Ryan Harmon? Um, improved ball striking last few tournaments. And he seems to perform well when low owned worth getting a little over the field in 150 max. Well, I think you accurately assessed it here, TJ. Uh, the ball striking has been, been very, very good. He's actually only lost one, two, three, four times in the ball striking categories going back to the American express. That's pretty darn good. The putter is always capable of getting hot around the green play strong. Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's fire up old, uh, old Brian Harmon here. One and done help says Chris. Morikawa, Hatton, or Cam Smith? Hatton will be highly owned. Is that true? Should I hold off on Morikawa for next week and play a lower owned Cam Smith of the three? So I, I think if if I were you in a one and done situation, I would like to see at least a little bit of form from Hatton or Cam Smith, even if it's a flash, uh, before I deployed them. Now, if you are trailing and you need to make up ground, Cam Smith's your guy. Uh, Twenty. Last 24 rounds, he's number one in strokes gain approach. If the putter comes around, which it's likely to come around soon, uh, he's the guy, right? He's the X factor, I believe. So if you're trying to make up ground, I believe it's Cam Smith. If you are towards the front, play Morikawa this week and hope that one of those guys shows you something this week. 
Hey, Rick, my book has ROM to finish top Spaniard at minus 145, beating Arnis, Campillo, RCB, and Elvira. Lock, or does one of these other guys pop on stats? Um, Arnis is interesting, but I, I mean, I don't know. Would you like minus 145 to beat four other golfers? Does that feel right? Probably. Maybe. I mean, I don't know though. If you, well, I guess it's those guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I wouldn't bet it. I don't think it's like, if you asked me to bet it or pick somebody else, I would take Rom, but I don't think I would spend my money on that. You said HV3 withdrew, yet he's still on DK. Is he a WD? Nick, how how dare? How dare you doubt that I know who's in the field or not? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Listen, I have access to the media site. He he is on the media site as, as a WD. He um, Julian Gurrier took his spot. So I don't know what DraftKings is doing. I don't know if they'll mark him as out or not. But according to the PGA Tours media website, Harold Varner III is out of this field. Hey, Rick, is 24 rounds the preferred number of rounds when comparing golfers in your head-to-head matchup tool? Um, yeah, so here's the head-to-head matchup tool. So you can put in any two golfers, any number of rounds. 24 to me is, is the right amount. Now, I will do a little bit of, of um, off-season research on this of like what the best lead-in form is or most predictive is. But to me, 24 has always been very, very good to me. And it's just enough, you know, six tournaments for most guys. And because, especially this time of the year, six tournaments is like two months, two and a half months. That feels right to me. I wouldn't mind if you went anywhere between 16 and 24. If you wanted to lean more on recent, you could go to 16. I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, But to me, 24 has always felt just about right. Oh, uh, these messages are these code. Uh, that says rocks ran great last week, 14 out of 17 golfers. Oh, okay. 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 Gotcha. I see what you're doing here. You're talking about your own entries, 104 out of 120 and 20 entries. Uh, where to focus this week in the low sevens, high sixes. Okay. That was a little bit confusing, but I think I, I think I've figured it out. So low sevens and high sixes, let's call it. 7,300 down. Um, Boy. I don't love it. I got to be honest with you. I don't love it. Uh, Neesmith, I think, is objectively one of the better options. Bunch of cuts in a row. Very good ball striker. Um, when When we looked at his weighted strokes gained earlier, he was like 33rd, right? So 33rd, he's being priced well below that. I think Neesmith is interesting. I think if you're looking for a, a volatile high upside option, um, Victor Perez is there. He's played well enough on, on the DP World Tour as of late. I would probably circle those two. And then there was also somebody else I thought was um, fairly mispriced. You could go to Rosner. I felt like there was somebody else. Maybe it was maybe it was Rosner. But those three are probably the ones that I would focus on. Frank says, thank you for diving into Hank Biota last week. Can you take a look at... Uh, I don't even know how he pronounces this. I don't know if it's Joachim Langergren this week. Do I even have data on him? I'm sure I do, right? I've got everything, don't I? Wow, I do. Okay. It's not great. Uh, T46 at the Irish Open, 57th at the BMW International, 29th at the Scandinavian Mix, and a 5th at the Porsche European Open. Okay, that's not bad. Before that, it wasn't very good. Not, uh, miscut, 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 miscut. I mean, he's losing strokes to the field. Quite often, this is not a particularly great profile for a guy who resides primarily on the DP World Tour. The last four are better than anything longer than that, but I would not be, um, whoops, I would not be particularly thrilled about running him out here. Has he ever played in a PGA Tour event, or is this his first one? This might be the first ever. It is. It's only ever played, or at least what I have, uh, DP World Tour events. Any info on Catlin? Okay, so remember he won. Um, he won like twice in like quick proximity last year, didn't he? And he's back to playing well. He's actually an American who plays on the DP World Tour. Fourth at the Irish Open, a couple of top twenty fives before that. Four of his last five are top twenty fives. T nine at the DP World Tour Championship last year. That's a much stronger field. I, I would prefer Catlin over uh, Joe Kim or Joaquim. I don't know how he pronounces it. Any guys on your betting card for the Barbasol? Oh, you guys are now figuring out the good questions to ask. Um, just kidding. They're all they're all pretty good. I only asked, I only do the good ones. Let me log back in. Um, so what I did is I I think I just bet five guys for each one. The and the um 
Yeah, here we go. The Barbasol ones are mostly FOMO ones. I'm, oh, it's only four guys for the Barbasol. Goddard up and Svensson. I just think that they are the clearly the most talented players in that field. Uh, Goddard up and Svensson. Then I went to Sam Ryder at 42 to one. And then I went way down the board and found Patrick Flavin at 150. That's it. Hey, Rick. Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. He's done it. Activate the wind rant. How would you use data to find players who handle the wind better than most? Um, Chris and everyone, I'm sorry in advance for this, but it's the Scottish Open and next week is the Open Championship and this question is going to come up a lot and I'm just going to throw it out there and maybe we can clip it off and I'll just pin it to my Twitter profile. I have the data for wind. I do not believe it to be actionable. Some of the reasons that I do not believe it to be actionable, um, the way that wind data is provided is just for location-based, coordinates-based, and time of day. And it does not know whether a player got gusted. It does not know whether um, what hole the golfer was on and what direction that wind was blowing. If you're playing a, a right-to-left dogleg and the wind is right-to-left, that wind's not so, not so bad. Or what if I like to hit a left-to-right shot and I can hold it up against the wind? That wind's not so bad, but it might impact other guys a lot worse. What happens if I just have a bad round and the wind... I was going to have a bad round no matter what. What if happens if I have a great round and I was going to have a great round no matter what and the wind doesn't really impact me? There is not enough actionable data on wind yet. I hope in the future I don't have to have this rant anymore, but with the way golf is played, realistically, think about how golf is played and think about gusts and think about directions and shot shapes and areas of the go- of the course that are more exposed than others. It's not We're not there yet on golf. I hope one day we will be. Um, let me follow up that win rant with uh, another rant that I that I feel much more positive about. It's Jock Market. Jock Market is stock market DFS. It is where you can bid, buy, sell, short shares of athletes. Uh, golf is my favorite, obviously. And there are guaranteed payouts based on their finishing position. So for example, whoever wins the Scottish Open is going to get a $25 a share final payout. So if you pay $5 a share for a golfer and he wins, you five exit. Well, if he finishes second, you get $20 a share. So you don't lose everything. And it goes on and on all the way down throughout the payouts, basically as long as they make the cut. Tonight, there is a power hour. So that means a live show at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time with Joe Idoni and myself, where we take you through the final um, hour of this IPO. It's electric. It's awesome. And it's just kind of a different way to diversify. It's way different than every other fantasy format. And for a lot of reasons, it's better. Happy Wednesday, Rick. Just here to say Hovland has the worst luck on his gear, and I'm totally betting him outright whether he gets his clubs or not. Yeah, I was um, I was going to text him the same thing. Like, you have the worst travel luck of anybody on tour, I guarantee it. Do you see a path where Leishman uh, can do well here? Okay, let's, let's see if we can find a path for Mark Leishman. Missed the cut at the Travelers. Lost strokes off on approach. Uh, played well at the U.S. Open. Missed the cut at the Memorial. Lost strokes on approach. Outside of that, it's a bunch of mediocre finishes. I am on the record that I can never get Mark Leishman right. Um, I'm just trying to look through and see if there's anything I'm I'm missing here. Like I'm like a three out of ten on Mark Leishman. Not particularly excited. Rick, I'm pretty hot and heavy on X this week, Xander, and it takes a lot for me to bet him. I feel like a Scotty type run coming. What if he? trains here and the British, does he have a chance to player of the year? Um, probably not. Cause he'd have one major Scotty would have one major. And then the other wins for Scotty are definitely better match play. Phoenix, uh, API Xander would have Zurich, which nobody would give him credit for. He'd have travelers. He'd have Scottish and he'd have British or open championship. If he did all of that and then won the FedEx cup, I think he'd have an argument, but, um, Scotty season's really, really good. Uh, just like the same exact question here. So are we seeing a possible Scotty Scheffler level from Xander here? Uh, um, I suppose. So we can look at the power rankings. Last 24 rounds of raw data, uh, Xander's at 2.7 in terms of strokes gained. Uh, Scotty's at 2.1. If we go back 50 rounds, I, I bet you, whoops, I bet you Scotty passes him. Yeah, he does 2.19. So you're looking at like, yeah, like a 2.7 is like absolutely elite stuff, right? So the last 24 rounds, Xander Shoffley has basically been 
Scotty Scheffler. Now, Scotty Scheffler is still lurking, and Scotty Scheffler is still basically that guy. But yeah, it's not it's not a horrible comparison. Um, just looking for what the ownership projections are. Okay, so we go back to the cheat sheet. I can just kind of walk you through here, John. Uh, I believe Rom, Fitzpatrick, and Xander are sucking up a lot of the ownership at the top of the board, though I don't think it's super crazy. I think a lot of those guys in the 10K range and, and then down to Xander are going to be pretty similar. Uh, then you can get a little bit of a pivot range for, to uh, Cantlay, Colin, Morikawa, and Will Zaltoris. Uh, Spieth and Fox are going to capture a little bit of ownership, so you could pivot to you know, Sung JM or Billy Horschel or someone like that. Lucas Herbert, as expected, will be probably double digits uh, in the 7K range, and Aaron Rye as well. Both have good course history around this place. And then you'll see a little bit of love for Victor Perez, a little bit of love for Audrey Arnest relative to the rest of their peers, and then Callum Taron, who's played well, um, getting like 5%, but that's pretty significant compared to everybody else in his price range. I'm in a league where you pick three golfers each week. I'm picking, I'm playing Xander and Will Zaltoras, who's a best third man fits JT or Burns. Uh, I mean, it's like splitting hairs, but I go with JT. How do you go about finding ownership? Uh, key indicators, I suppose, is the answer. Key indicators uh, of what the general public has done over the last couple of years. And then I, um, what I've started to do is simulate that basically like a thousand times and start gathering the average ownership for each golfer and then plugging it in. Um, I could talk about that for about nine more hours, but I'll stop it there. Uh, Badger with a super chat. Much appreciated. Hope all is well. I see birdies and butches in this tournament. Who rates well for birdie streaks? Uh, believe it or not, I actually have that information. So if you go to Holy Grail, go to, uh, I think it's under fantasy data, actually. Fantasy data, birdie streaks. Let's just go like the last two years. Um, and let's make sure we get sample size into the mix here. Uh, Justin Thomas has about almost one birdie streak per start, 0.86. That's the best. Xander has 0.82. Victor has 0.81. Then a little bit of a gap to Scotty Scheffler at 0.83. Patrick Cantlay at 0.7. Sam Burns 0.6. So those are the big boys who make a lot of birdies um, and they make them in bunches over the last uh, two years. But you can go through and fire that away. Is there a better side of the draw? Uh, so if you're done playing, it, it, I, I think there's a small one if the weather forecast holds up. I believe if your golfer is done by about uh, two o'clock local time, that would be good. So basically guys that are teeing off before like 10 local, something like that, which should be, it's most guys, right? There's only going to be, I think the guys that are teeing off like after two are going to be impacted um, like in their, like their back nine. But again, that's kind of a small window. So I think most guys are going to be okay. Just get guys that are like in the first like 80% of tee times. Philly fingers. Uh, hey Rick, I was wondering if it was possible for you to add PM AM into the custom model. Uh, yes. So I, I will share screenshots of the new custom model very, very soon. Um, it's going to be a massive overhaul and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I'll get, I'll get waves in there. Uh, I've answered a lot of these, so I'm going to skip ahead. Brent Harris just says unsolicited plug for Rick run good site. Y'all, if you're not a member, you should be. Thank you. I bought in, uh, to other big data sites and canceled them. Rick gets the best data from all the tours by far. I'm richer. Thank you. I appreciate that. Brent who has the best course history with best recent form. Ooh, Brent just trying to. Just get right into it. All right, so let's do a uh, strokes game by tournament. Guys in this field, last three rounds are Renaissance Club. So that is more filters. Make sure we add European Tour because this is the first time it's co-sanctioned. Here we go. So best course history. And I'm going to go with like, you got to have played it twice, right? Playing it once, I don't really care. Justin Thomas, eight rounds, two starts, ninth and an eighth. Minwoo, a win and a 30th. Tommy Fleetwood, a runner-up in a 26th, Eric Van Royen, Lucas Herbert, Terrell Hatton. So those are the guys that I would say are course history guys. Now, when you look at recent form guys, uh, I think Herbert would check the box. I mean, he's got a top, he's coming off the top 10, which is why I think he's going to be fairly popular. Uh, Justin Thomas, who's been phenomenal recently. And then you could argue Tommy Fleetwood's kind of been hit or miss, right? Um, a missed cut in a 46, but then he had a fifth and a 35th before that. So there's your answer, Brent God. Homa or Victor in one and done? Um, 
Okay. So I, I had a very hard decision. There, there are, I am in two one and dones where I am in the mix for big money. Uh, so I've spent a lot of energy on one and done this year. And I've spent a lot of energy on one and done the last couple of weeks. And I had a very tough decision this week. Uh, basically it was, it was around Homa, Hideki, Horschel, uh, Morikawa, like that world, that realm. And, uh, I, I don't want to give away too much, but I think that if, if your only two options are either Homa or Victor this week or next. I think I would play Homa now and Victor next week. I don't think it's super different, but that's the way that I would do it. But th there, this is a very critical stretch like this week and next week for one and dones. And there's also the added wrinkle of like, there are guys that might go to live after this. There are guys that I had saved that went to live. And now I'm like, do I have to play them here? Right? So this has been a bizarre year and I'm just trying to piece it all together. Uh, I hear a lot of people say that Willie Z can't make enough birdies to win here, but he ranks 21st on tour and birdie or better. Thoughts on him with a minus 18 winning score? Yeah, don't listen to those people, right? Like, don't don't listen to people that tell you Will Zalatoris can't do X. Like, Will Zalatoris can and will do X, right? Like, do not listen to these people. Um, Zalatoris is not only 21st on tour, but he's like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's like thirteenth in this field in bury your better percentage. Don't don't listen to those people. Has anyone won playing this course for the first time? Um, I mean, it's a relatively new course. So like when uh, who won, when Bern Wiesberger won, he everyone was playing it for the first time, so he won it. Uh, Aaron Rye, I that might have been the first time him he played it was his win. So I I don't necessarily think that's all that predictive or interesting, or something to look at. I'm in a one and done down to Fitz, Cam Young, and Keith Mitchell. Wow. Um, I think you just have to play Fitz, right? I mean, I don't know what your position is, but objectively, Matt Fitzpatrick is way better than those other guys. Like you have, I think you have to play him. I know, like, and there's times where it just sucks when you just know, like, you have to play somebody. But I think you have to play him. Can you deep dive Max Homa? I'd be thrilled. I'm like super stoked about Max Max this week. Um, and he might miss the cut. He might struggle. I don't know. But like, let's let's look through this logically. What is there to not like about Max Homa right now? He is a, a ball striking fiend going back to Phoenix, right? He hasn't lost strokes in the ball striking categories. He's gained a ton. If we go to the power rankings and just look at ball striking for like, let's do the last 50 rounds. That's a lot. Just PGA Tour events. Max Homa is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like he's eighth on tour and two of those guys don't have any sample size. So he's basically sixth. He's an elite ball striker. So now you combine that with he's fixed the around the green play four good events in a row. Uh, the putter pops. I had this stat from last year where Max Homa was the only guy to uh, when he pop putted, which I think I defined as like three or four strokes gained with the putter, he had a top 10 in all of them. There was no one else uh, with as many starts as he did who had a top 10 with all of them. So he takes advantage of every single good putting week, every single one he takes advantage of. I love the stat profile for Max Homa. I love it. If I, I like, I love it. I'm going to print it out. And I'm going to post it on my wall. I love it. This is beautiful. I love it. I hope he plays well this week because I just declared love for his stat profile. How long would it take? Uh, no, it's going to be longer than three and a half hours. It'll be like four and a half hours, right? And if the wind gets crazy, it's going to be a lot longer than that. I'm an East Coast guy here in Maine, not used to a 2.15 a.m. lock, setting alerts for tweets on PGA Tour comms, the best bet. Yeah, that is the best bet. I will also do my best of checking the media site, which sometimes updates a little bit earlier. Um, also I'm going to be on a plane at like 1130, but I think I should be still on the ground. I guess I'll have Wi-Fi, right? Um, by the time this thing starts. So if I see anything, I'll tweet it out, but we'll see. Hey Rick, I'm parlaying golfers to make the cut. What guys have the longest made cut streaks and what three guys have the best chance of making the cut? Well, I mean, the favorites are always going to have the best chance of making the cut, especially the high floor guys. Do I actually have consecutive cuts? I think I do. This is crazy. So streaks, consecutive cuts. What a world do we live in that I have this? Um, John Rahm's made 13 in a row. These are PGA Tour events. 
13 in a row. Max Holmes made 12 in a row. Those are the two longest current streaks. Keegan Bradley, Matthew Neesmith, Matt Kuchar, Justin Lauer, Xander Shoffley, Aaron Rye, Keith Mitchell. Good luck. I cannot believe I have that handy. Uh, this is what do you think of a lineup? And then it names the lineup. I generally don't comment on these. Uh, if this is good for you, it's good for me. I don't know what type type of contest you're playing. I don't know what your goals are and I don't know what your risk tolerance is. You guys don't spend my money. I won't spend yours. Brady, if you're cool with it, I'm cool with it. Um, you talked about certain guys showing up in stronger fields like Willie Z. Is Morikawa also one of those guys? Does anyone else come to mind? So the good news is we don't have to actually guess at this. We can just look at the data. So we can go to Holy Grail strokes game by tournament. We can go down to strength of field and we can plug in. I like to cut it off at 600. This week is going to be like a six, um, a 649, I believe. And I like to cut, like 600 is like your major championships, your invitationals, your WGCs. It's stout. I'm going to go back to 2019. So we've got a handful of years here. John Rahm is number one, uh, 1.9 in 156 rounds. Zalatoris is 1.7 in only 59 rounds. Justin Thomas, 1.49 in 152. Uh, Scotty, Patrick Cantlay. Guido's been awesome, but he only has 12 rounds, right? He's getting 1.27, but it's only 12 rounds. Xander, Hideki, Morikawa, Fitzpatrick, Cam Smith, Victor Hovland. Mito Pereira, but again, only 14 rounds. Harris English, believe it or not, only 82 rounds. So you can go through and check this out, but I, I would cut the strength of field at um, at 600. Thoughts on Spieth? Your guess is as good as mine. I am always very bullish on Jordan Spieth. I think the things that he does well are very good for winning golf tournaments. And when he gets going he's impossible to stop. Um, so I will bet Spieth next week at the open championship as I've bet him for each of the first three majors. And he's, I might not have bet him at the Masters because his number might've been super, super short, but I will bet him. And, um, I think that, I think you're either always a Spieth guy or never a Spieth guy. So follow the number. If you like it, go for it. I seen a lot of chatter about Victor Perez, any recent play that warrants a sprinkle. Um, so I, I guess the good news is for Perez is that he's a very volatile golfer, right? Like would not be surprised to see him miss the cut, would not be surprised to see him contend. And you see that in his results. Wins the Dutch Open, T3, misses the cut at the US Open, 53rd at the BMW in Invitational. A lot of his results are pretty volatile. Um, you know, fourth, and then, he, you know, this was last year, but he, he made a deep run at the match play, then missed five of his next six, next six cuts. You can see him just go cut, runner up, cut seventh, right? It's just like, it's all over the place. So I guess the good news is, that um, he does at least have the upside to make a lot of noise here. Favorite plays below 9K? That's mm, a lot of guys, right? There's a lot of guys behind 9K. I, I guess my favorite is, is Max Homa. Like, is there a world in which Ryan Fox should be more expensive than Max Homa? Probably not. Is there a world in which Cam Young and Tommy Fleetwood and Sung J.M. should be more expensive than Max Homa? No, probably not. So uh, I, I think he's like the core guy. Hey, Rick, you're the best. Looks like everyone is trying the stars and scrubs approach, and I may agree. Can we look at Marcus Kinholt to make possibly to possibly make the cut? I think he's three for three at the course. Uh, so he's 6,100. Uh, yeah, he's gone 48th, 6th, and 59th. Let's pull him up on the profiles here so that we can get his full history. It's not particularly great, right? four lame events in a row five it's the fifth one was okay t27 at the british masters t8 at the kenya open you're just going off course history here if you're okay with that chris i'm okay with it pm am favoring uh i would argue the favor is the other side am pm but it's like the the early pm wave i think is going to be fine i think the later pm wave will be a little bit worse do you mostly stick to stick to outrights? Um, no, uh, but that's just what most people want to talk about. I will generally then get involved in the matchup market and uh, like back up some top tens, create my own each ways, and then I will diversify with like jock market and props on prize picks. Um, so, so there's just a lot of different ways. Uh, so Oliver, the plan for the night is I'll be on a red eye, which will be fine because 
I am I'm under the impression that it has live television. So I should be good for tonight. And then I will just kind of power through and deal with the consequences tomorrow and then um, be good for the next two weeks. Hey, Rick, you wanted a reminder <laughs> to run a weighted scoring model for par threes, par fours, par fives. Didn't I do that on Monday? Maybe I didn't. Do downgrade fits at all due to the JP McManus? I moved JT into the 10K range partially because of it. Uh, no, I actually think it might be good that Fitzpatrick got those rounds out of the way, right? Weren't, wasn't there probably going to be an expectation that Fitzpatrick would struggle in his first couple of rounds after a US Open victory? Wasn't that what most people probably thought? Well, he got it out of the way in an event that doesn't matter. Like, I love it. I almost kind of love it. Two hard-hitting questions. <laughs> Sleep schedule and which uh, Molinari do you like? So once I get through this red eye, the sleep schedule will, uh, it'll just be like not much sleep, right? I'll take, I'll take naps. So like when I'm done with stuff at like, I'll be done with stuff at like noon. I'll take like an afternoon nap and then just keep going. That, that'll be the, that'll be the plan. And then uh, Francesco is the answer. Hey, Rick, love using all the metrics on the site. Thank you. Would you use Zalatoris or Spieth next week at the Open? I, I would I would use Zalatoris this week, Spieth next week, if, if I were you. Yo, Rick, uh, big outright W for you last week. Did you do anything cool with the winnings? No, but I when I'm awake on a red eye or on a couch at 3 a.m. this week, I'm sure I'll buy something stupid. If you saw, I tweeted out. Last week, I bought a replica Claret jug and forgot about it. It came like a week later and was like, Oh God, I forgot I ordered this. Um, so it just, it's actually, I don't know if you can see it. It's actually right there in the background. It looks like a post, but that's actually the mini claret jug last year. Neiman, Homa, or Fox for one and done? About 4 million back. Yeah. The good news is I think all of those guys are, are going to be not very popular, right? Like I don't think people are rushing out to use Max Homa. Um, I would probably use Homa here. Fox, Fox is an, a, a brilliant case study in what Vegas thinks is going to happen or could happen and how people are going to treat that um, just because of all the respect that he's gotten. But like, he should not be more expensive than Joaquin Neiman. He should not be more expensive than Max Homa. I would probably just pay Max Homa. Uh, Barbasol questions. Listen, I, I'm, I'm going to, I've already bet um, Svensson. I bet Goddard up. I bet Ryder. I bet Flavin. I will be, uh, I mean, I'll be following it just cause I'm a sicko, but like, I think anybody could win it. I'm just going to fire a couple outrights and see how it goes. Um, I answered the betting card questions. It was like one of the first questions. Uh, EVR. Okay. We can talk about EVR cause I'm not even sure how I stand on him. Right. With someone we haven't really discussed too much in depth over the course of the last couple of oh boy no wonder we haven't right miss cut miss cut miss cut miss cut wow boy what happened i mean his t10 at the rbc heritage was all via the putter so it was probably unrealistic for that to continue but man he's kind of falling off a cliff here yeah i mean not much to be excited about right and Jordan Smith, can we talk about, okay, I had to just go through, Jordan Smith's one of those names that causes so much issues in the database. Is it Jordan L, yeah, see, is it Jordan L Smith? Is it Jordan L period Smith? Is it Jordan, uh, like, just Jordan Smith? Hold on, I'll pull up his stuff here. I gotta go through and update him. It's like so, because the different tours send over his name uh, in a different way. So let me just pull up his OWGR here. So, He's playing well, really, really well. If you look at just straight strokes gained, um, like like raw strokes gained, he's one of the best in the field. So T18 on the DP World Tour, T21, T24, T10, T8, T24. That's his last six starts. It's phenomenal. T and then he missed a cut, and then he had a runner-up in a 16th, and he had a runner-up a couple starts before that. It's been awesome. So um, I he's 122nd in the world, so it's not like he's a scrub, and he's, and he's playing really, really well at the moment. So if you're looking for someone... Pretty far down the list. I'd probably go that way. Uh, these two comments are broken. StreamYard is uh, messed up here. 
I'm going to have to skip those, but I think I answered them anyway. Hey, Rick, what did you think of the season finale of Stranger Things? Yeah, so, boy, um, I don't want to give anything away if you haven't watched it yet. I, I love the budget must have been insane. I love, I, I love the visuals, I, the jump scares I could do without, but you know, I, I love the premise. I think they finally got away from acting like they're kids, right? I think that was the flaw in like season three where you had kids and there were funny things that kids did, but these, they're clearly not kids anymore. They're like grownups. Um, so they didn't really play into that so much in this season. What I also think is crazy is from the way I don't want to give too much away, but it feels like season five is going to pick up immediately from where season four left off, like the next day. So I'm interested to see how they do that. But yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good. Thoughts on Harrington. I'm assuming that's Padraig. Yeah. So coming off of uh, the, the the US Senior Open win, has played well at this event before. I think if uh, you could do much worse than him. This is a good question. Will we see shot link data given the PGA affiliation? So I don't know if this is more about the PGA affiliation or the fact that they might not take the lasers overseas, right? Because even straight up non-co-sanctioned events, just straight PGA sanctioned events, not all of them have shot link data. And they usually don't take them outside of like the continental US. So, oh, they take it to Hawaii, I guess. Um, I don't know, Gavin. I really don't know. I'll do my best to get it, but I really, really don't know. I'm, I'm happy I've answered a lot of these. I'm not as far behind as I thought I was. I've answered a lot of these questions. Victor Press has come up a couple of times. <sighs> TJ, yes, I am sweating. So TJ brings up the fact that I'm leading the one and done for a lot of money or at least to me. Um, and I've taken two zeros in a row with Burns and Webb missing the cut. I'm still in first. Am I sweating big time? I am uh, not thrilled with the options that I have. I am I am trying to get, I think there's seven events to go and I just took two zeros. Horrifying, horrifying. You know, even if I got a couple hundred thousand in each of those, I'd feel much better. The field is nipping at my heels. I'm very worried. Yes. I I need some, this week and next week we'll decide it, right? If if I if someone snaps off an open championship win, I'm probably not going to be able to catch them. Um, I'm glad I've answered a lot of these. Oh, Rick, get over Homa. He can't putt in big tourneys. Is that true? Like, do you, do you want to go to the mat with that? Do you want to go to the mat with that criminal? I don't know the answer. So like, we can find this together. Um, I'll just leave it on 600 strength of field or more. I'll actually go down to, I could go down. Let's leave it. A, let's leave it at 600 and let's find Max Homa's putting. I don't know the answer to this. So we're going to find out together if you should go to the mat with this and you probably should. Um, He's losing a half a stroke or a third of a stroke per round in 112 rounds. If we go down to 500, it's a little bit better. Gets about a half a stroke or um, it gets uh, half of what he was losing back. So he's losing 0.14. Now let's just look at it in the same time frame. Every event, he's a small positive putter. So yeah, he's like, a third of a stroke worse in big events. That's disappointing. Can I find <laughs> can I find any way to manipulate the data where it doesn't? Oh boy, no, not really. Um, crap. All right. You win this round, criminal. Congratulations. I guess uh I guess I have some um I have some bad bad stuff coming to me. Okay, there was like four questions in a row about Hideki. I'm, I, I don't, I don't know what to do with Hideki. Okay. Uh, he, he's got okay history around here. He, but like, if you try to, if you try to start figuring this out for like this week and next week for Hideki, his open championship history is not great. The, the ball striking metrics are awesome. And the putter has been way better in 2022. So overall, I'm like a seven out of 10 in Hideki. My big problem was trying to figure out where to deploy him in one and done. And, um, I, don't want to tell you what I decided. 
<laughs> I'm sorry I have to be coy, but we're like in the big money in some of these. And I know you guys are like, you guys are in these pools. So I don't know. I like, I'm like a seven out of 10 on Hideki. I'm, I'm worried about him specifically for the open championship. And I, I am worried like not to just like throw Hideki under the bus, but like if, if Hideki got a great offer from live, would he go? And I'm actually concerned about some of these guys where I've heard all these rumors about that. I'm like, like the open championship might be the last chance I get to play him or maybe it's, I don't know. So I'm just so confused by Hideki, but in general, I'm like a seven out of 10. Was that sheet that you pulled up on consecutive cuts made on rickrungood.com? Of course it was. Everything's from rickrungood.com, right? So go to the Holy Grail, go to stats. Uh, these are all the PGA Tour stats. There's like hundreds of them. You sort by what category you want. You go underneath streaks and you go to consecutive cuts. You can go to consecutive birdie streaks as well. You can go to construct consecutive uh, year-to-date best streak without a three-putt. There's like a million things in here. Have at it. Who's leading after day one? Well, let's use the data. Let's go strokes gained by round. Uh, let's go just round one anywhere in the world on any tour since the start of 2021. How about that? That seems fair. Best player in the field, John Rom. No surprise. The best are always the best. Guys that stand out. This Miko Korhonen fella, pretty good in round ones. How about uh, Thomas Dietrich? Pretty good. I'm trying to find you some value here. Joaquin Neiman, very good in round ones. Joaquin Neiman has only lost strokes three times uh, in round ones dating back to the Farmers, and he generally gains three or four or up to seven. That's not bad. Might fire. Christian Bezadenhoek, very good in round ones. Interesting. Daniel Villalon asks a question about wind and he is going to turn me into a villain rewind a couple a little bit okay we're coming down the home stretch here odds on no winner from the top 15 in the owgr wow uh well i mean if we we could do the implied odds right so like i'm not going to do it but like let's say let's say just for sake of math. Let's just say all of them have a 5% chance of winning, which I know some of them have a higher chance and some of them have a lower chance. Let's say they all have 5% chance. So five times 15 is they have like 45% of the win equity. I, I bet you it's higher than that, especially in a field where like, one, like I bet like you could say, I bet you it's because, because Rom and those guys might be and Scheffler might be closer to 10%. So I would say they probably have like 65% of the equity right? They're probably the favorites. Favorite leverage play. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, here's the cheat sheet. So we got to look at ownership here. I mean, boy, uh, Patrick Cantlay and Colin Morikawa, right? Cantlay outside of majors has been amazing. And Morikawa, uh, we know he can play overseas, right? They're like half the half the ownership of of Xander. Outside of that, I'm not against Billy Horschel, and I'm generally not a big fan of Billy Horschel. But he's coming off the win. He's been playing overseas for like two weeks now. Um, he did the whole call out the live guys. He is. I feel like Billy's a fiery guy in general, right? And this is not my normal data take, but like Billy's a pretty fiery guy. I think he's going to want to back up his words with actions. Seven and a half percent owned for a guy who won the memorial. Very tough field, tough golf course. That's like okay. I'm okay with this. He's played Renaissance Club before. Would you rather have Bryson's ball speed bank account or YouTube views? Good question. So his ball speed's like a 180, right? I'm up, I'm at like 140 now. Even if you gave me his ball speed, I don't think I'd be able to do much with it. I could not be a long driver proven by Bryson himself. I could not make it on tour just with his ball speed. Um, I don't know what, if I could monetize that very well. YouTube views, um, again, hard to do. Bank account, that's 
easily the winner, right? He got, he basically confirmed he got 125 million for four and a half year contract. And he got the vast majority of it, uh, bulk up front. And also he already had a bunch of money before that. I think I could probably do a, like if let's say he's got 80 to a hundred million in his bank account right now, I could probably do a lot of good things with that. I would go for bank account. Oh, there was a question about Billy Horschel, which I just answered. How about that? Do you consider this a big tourney? I don't. It's prep for next week. Hard disagree, Ron. We can, we can disagree on this. Th these guys don't think like that anymore. I really don't think so. I, they are there to compete. They are there to win. When you get the best players in the world together, they want to beat the crap out of each other. I promise you. And once they get into the mix, they're not going away just because next week is an open championship. These guys would love to win going into the open championship. So I 1000% consider this a big tourney. So we disagree, Ron, but that's okay. I like it better when you say you haven't made your pick yet. Yeah, I have. My picks are in. My picks are locked. I wasn't going to risk it. Uh, my picks are in, baby. They're actually right. They're right on my notepad on the, on the other side, obviously. Right, right down here at the bottom. All my one and done selections, all my wagers. You, you've learned the wagers, but right there, just on the other side of that sheet. Uh, Callum Taren, whoops, I misclicked. Callum Taren seems badly underpriced, right? Let us look at this together. Did you notice that they called him uh, the, <laughs> I feel bad, the, the broadcast alluded to Taron being his first name last week, which was kind of bizarre. Okay, so what do we know about him? T6 at the at the John Deere, where it was phenomenal. He gained strokes across the board. Ball striking was awesome. U.S. Open, he made the cut. Ball striking, also awesome. He is capable of gaining six strokes in the ball striking categories, which I think is a great skill to have. If he was doing it consistently, he'd be Justin Thomas, That, but he's not. He's Callum Tarrant. So, and then the rest of his games, you know, around the green, he's fine. Putter, he's great. So basically what you're asking is, can he pop in the ball striking categories? Now he has shown us twice in his last three starts that he can, and he has shown us three times in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine measured events that he can. So let's call it a 40% chance that he pops with the ball striking categories. That might be generous, but let's call it 40%. Um, at his price, which I think is like 63, what did we decide it was? $6,300? Yes, he's mispriced. He's underpriced. He's undervalued. Yes, I would agree. Thoughts on Keith Mitchell? Um, probably in the best stretch of golf he's played in quite some time. I think he's got like four top 20s, 25s in a row, something like that. Drives it really, really well. Uh, I'm like a six and a half out of 10, seven out of 10. Very warm on him. Rick gives careful analytical answers, even to the most ridiculous questions. <laughs> Honestly, okay, that drives my wife crazy. She's always like, what are the odds that so and something, something? I'm like, well, let's think through this, right? Well, if we know that this is going to occur and then this had to occur, she hates it. So I'm glad you guys get a kick out of it. How are you doing on your simulator? I'll tell you what, as you can expect, hitting golf balls every day makes a huge difference in your game. I just played on Sunday. Um, with my new club, I got new clubs. Holy crap. I got fit. Holy crap. It's like the first time in seven years. Huge difference. I'm it's amazing. I'll I'll make some videos about it at some point. But um it was I, I it was so windy out there, and I I made four, I, I shot an 82 and made four doubles. So that means I made two birdies, a bunch of pars. Uh I I I'm gonna get dialed in. I'm gonna get dialed in. I'm fifth in my one and done. Do I try my luck with Tommy or go with Spieth or Colin? I can use Spieth or Colin next week too. I think Brian, like if you're, I'm assuming it's fifth out of more than like five or 10 or 20. I think you got to play Spieth and Colin this weekend, next week, Colin this week, Spieth next week, vice versa. I don't really care. I would go Colin then Spieth because I think that you are, if you do Colin then Spieth, you avoid the defending champion boost that Colin's going to get. And it's still a good spot for him in both situations. Um, I think Tom playing Tommy's a little bit aggressive for, for your position. 
Did we get Mina's pick yet? No, I don't think we did. Uh, she's going to slack me. <sighs> she says, and I quote, it's Keegan week. I didn't even know she knew Keegan existed until this moment. <sighs> okay. Oh, the clock just turned. So I think that's, uh, I think that's it. Here's what we got going on. I got to go pack. I got to eat lunch and I got to go pack. Um, Jock Market Power Hour tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Get your picks in. Get your lineups in. If this thing starts in 10 hours, get them in. Get them in. Get them in. If you want to go to Prize Picks, you want to go to Jock Market, you want to go wherever, do me a favor. Use the code Rick. It gets you a deposit bonus. It gets me something. It gets them something. Everybody wins. Uh, otherwise, enjoy this. little coffee golf action. It's going to be a blast. I cannot wait. We are spoiled the week before a major championship to have this field. Then we're going to get the... Can I describe to you that we are going to get the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews? Probably the last time Tiger Woods plays competitively there, like realistically competitively. Um, it's going to be amazing. My head is going to explode. Thanks all for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.